Your name, your name is victory. Your name is victory. In the middle of all that we're dealing with, all that we're going through in our world, in our nation, in our community, in our homes, ultimately, his very name is victory. We cannot lose when we have victory in our lives, in our house. When we are the children of victory, then that means we get to participate in the same victory. What an incredible, incredible promise that is from our King. What an incredible opportunity it is in our lives. And I just am thankful for the privilege of being able to worship with you together, a risen King, a risen Lord, a risen Savior. And I give a lot of props, a lot of credit to our worship team, to our tech team, to everybody that is making this available to you and and allowing us to expand our reach in the kingdom of God. I, I don't think this was how Pastor David Helkin anticipated his very first Easter Sunday being with us. When I got to thinking about it today, I was, I thought this is Pastor David's first Easter. Well, Pastor David, you are a rock star. You are doing an amazing job leading us in worship and leading this team. And I am very, very appreciative of what God's doing in your life and through your life and how he's blessing our faith family through your ministry. Praise the name of the Lord. We do have a great service going on on WTOL today, and I encourage you to invite your friends and your family and and those that you care about that may never tune into something like this here in our home church with our stained glass where we can look at it and say, yes, this is home. They may not connect with that, but they may connect with what God is using us to do on WTOL today between 930 and 12 o'clock. We're excited about that opportunity. And I, I also know that we have a number of people that are watching us from different parts of the world, even right here in our community in the Toledo metro area, who you normally attend different churches. And I just want to say thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us in worship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I would encourage you, give to your home church, wherever you're being fed, wherever you're being fed regularly. I encourage you, so into that ministry. It may not be big enough or strong enough or able technologically to bring to you what we're able to bring to you right now. But I encourage you, we are in this thing together. This is the big kingdom of God and we're all pulling together. And so we are, we are with you. We're, we're happy to minister into your home today. But I do encourage you as you support the kingdom of God, support your local church, support where, where you are being fed. In all of this, we are beginning We are continuing, rather, our series of exceptional. Last week, we talked about what it meant to be exceptional and that you are exceptional. And exceptional doesn't just mean everything is easy. In fact, it sometimes means the exact opposite of that. But it is transformative in what it does. It's transformative in how it works. And, And whenever you and I become exceptional in our lives because we are children of God. It allows us to go further and do more than we could potentially do on our own. And so we continue that thought today as we're singing about the resurrected king that's resurrecting us. He's resurrecting you and he's resurrecting me. And, and, and I'm thankful to be serving this living king.
the Savior who got up from the grave. I'm, I'm thankful that he is not dead in a tomb somewhere, but he is alive and he is well and he is empowering your life and he's empowering my life. And the fact that Jesus rose from the dead is, is powerful. It's beautiful. It's the foundation stone upon which the gospel of Jesus Christ is based. But it is also not unique to him. It's not unique to him at all. He, it in fact, doesn't make him completely exceptional because he's not the only one who was raised from the dead. Not the only one who passed through the curtain and then came back. It does not make Jesus completely exceptional because he was not the only one. Scripture tells us that there, were, there was a young man in the, the village called Nain who passed. We know that Jesus was walking into the town and observed the funeral procession, perhaps. The scripture says that this young man had left a widowed mother. So this, this woman had lost her husband previously, and now she had lost her son. And in those days, this meant that her future was not certain at all. It, it meant that, that she was going to struggle for the rest of her life. And Jesus took compassion upon her and upon her son. And he went to the son and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And that young man got up. It's a powerful story of resurrection. Resurrection happening right there in the village of Nain. The Bible also tells us of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Jesus loved him. And Jesus heard that Lazarus had died, and so he made his way to where Lazarus was. And, and we know the story that, that he met the, the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, first. But then, but then he goes to the tomb of Lazarus. And we have that, that very powerful and well-known moment when Jesus looks at the tomb and he cries, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus gets up, and he comes out of the tomb. Powerful, strong, unique, but not singular in nature. In fact, we have even another story in scripture about a young girl. Her father's name was Jarius. She was very, very ill. And so Jarius went to find Jesus so that he could heal his daughter. As he's traveling back with Jesus to his home, they hear that that the little girl is dead. But Jarius and Jesus decide to continue on traveling to Jarius' home. And so they arrive there and Jesus kicks everybody out of the room and, and he looks at the little girl and, and the scripture tells us that he says, little girl, I say to you, get up. And this little girl got up. Powerful, strong, but not singular. So each one of these moments are are, are miraculous. Each one of them are notable. And yet each one of them are also making the idea or the concept of resurrection more normalized around Jesus. Wasn't completely abnormal that someone would get up from the grave. Now, Jesus wasn't exceptional because he got up from the grave, but because of how he got up from the grave. 
See, all the others were called out of the grave by an external power calling into them and and bringing them out or pulling them out, if you will, out of the grave. But Jesus walked out of the grave all by himself. Under his own authority, under his own power, Jesus got up. And that makes him absolutely 100% exceptional. There's something that's, that's different about doing something yourself. Something unique about doing something yourself. There's a, another sense of accomplishment, if you will, when you've done something yourself. A number of years ago, Christy and I were planting a church in Kona, Hawaii, and, and I had to have a job outside of the church in order to be able to support our family. And so one of the jobs that I was able to secure was hanging drywall. And, and I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. It, it was not my favorite occupation. And so here we are, I'm, I'm green as green can be. In fact, the only reason I got the job was because I was able to tell the owner of the company, he asked me one question when I called. I said, I don't own tools, I don't know how to hang drywall, I've never done this before. And he asked me one question, he said, do you surf? And I said, no. And he said, you're hired. He had never seen me, but I didn't surf. And so I was hired. And so I show up, and the first thing they start doing is have me help a very experienced guy hang drywall. And so we would negotiate these 8 to 12 foot sheets of sheetrock and put them up against the wall and tack them off, and then and then we'd move on. And And ultimately, the day came where my boss, his name's Ashford, Ashford said, it's time for you to hang the drywall by yourself. And I thought, okay. I'd never done it by myself before, but I went over and I, and I started picking up those sheets of plywood, uh, sheetrock rather, and putting them up against the wall. And, and at first, I broke as many sheets as I tacked up on the wall. I, I, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't dexterous enough. But eventually, my strength grew, and I became better at it. And I started putting sheets up on the wall. And, and I can remember the first sheet I put up on the wall all by myself. Yeah, it was probably a little crooked and not exactly right. But, but I stood back from that moment and I just looked at that and I went, yes, I did that. I got that sheet up on the board all by myself. I wasn't so proud of myself when I was doing, uh, accomplishing the same task along with another person. But when I was able to achieve it by myself, it, it was another sense of accomplishment altogether. And you, so, you, so Jesus raised others from the dead. And that is one thing that is powerful and amazing. And, 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 and I mean, you can't take anything away from that. But when he raised himself from the dead, it goes to a whole nother level of authority. And so you might be asking, well, wait, who then did raise Jesus from the dead? Who who, who raised him? Well, let's look at what Scripture says. Luke, the presumed writer of the book of Acts, wrote this. He said, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now, he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. So, God raised Jesus from the dead. Paul also wrote this. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or by any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. So God the Father 
raised Jesus from the dead. Well, Jesus himself said this, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to also take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. So Jesus says, I can raise myself from the dead because my daddy said I could. I can lay down my life voluntarily and I can pick it up again anytime I want to. So Jesus raised himself from the dead. How about the last scripture that we'll read concerning this? Apostle Paul writes this. He said, the spirit of God, so this is the Holy Spirit he's talking about, raised Jesus from the dead and lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. So the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Who raised Jesus from the dead? God did. God did. Every aspect, every part, every person, every manifestation that is represented by God was involved in raising Jesus from the dead. In every aspect, and this is, this is key, every aspect, every part, every person, every manifestation of God was in Jesus Christ. God raised Jesus from the dead, and everything that God is was in Jesus Christ. How do I know this? Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And this is what made Jesus exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. No one else like him. No one else beside him. No no one else could compare. Completely unique. Completely special. Exceptional in every way. Jesus is the only one to come out of the grave because of what was within him instead of what was outside of him. All the others were raised from the outside, but Jesus was raised by what was inside. Jesus was exceptional. And this is what I want us to understand today, is that his exception became your exception. How? How how did that happen? The words of Paul explain it. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Just like he did in Jesus's case, he will do in your life, in my life. Praise God. If the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit within Christ that raised him from the dead lives in you, then he will give you life Two, that makes you exceptional. In fact, the difference between normal and exceptional is found on the inside, not on the outside. A simple example of this is this water bottle right here. This empty water bottle has as much air and much pressure inside of it as it does on the outside of it right now. And everything works perfectly fine until the external pressure increases. 
and it collapses under the external pressure. Your life can do the same thing. My life can do the same thing. The external pressure gets so, so heavy that our, our life just collapses. Our emotions, our, our spirit, our, our, our will suddenly just collapses on itself. And we find ourselves struggling to, to make things work and make things happen. We become overwhelmed, but, but that doesn't make us unique. That doesn't make us exceptional because everyone's dealing with the external stuff right now. Everyone. Your specific situation may be unique, but, but everybody's dealing with the external pressure. The boy, Lazarus, the little girl, they were all just normal. And the external realities of their life became too heavy for them to handle by themselves. They were blessed. They were, they were special enough to where they came up against this one that was exceptional called Jesus Christ, who was, who was willing to speak into their life and, and renew them and refresh them from the outside. That's like me blowing into this bottle. And restoring its structure again from the outside, inside. And it, it can stand for a while. And we're like them. The situation is overwhelming. But it depends on what is inside as to whether we will come out of this strong or we will be crushed by it. If this bottle is filled with something that can withstand the pressure. The same pressure that crushed us before can't crush us again. Suddenly what's within us is able to withstand the pressure of what is outside of us. It's a simple illustration, but I believe it is exactly what goes on in your life and in mine whenever the, the Lord begins to fill our lives with his presence. God, who knows all things, gave us an answer to our internal problem. In fact, Jesus shares it with us before he ascends to heaven in John chapter 14. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. This helper will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you. Jesus is speaking of himself here. And then he says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you, you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me. And here's the key of it all. I in you. He said, you have both an internal and an external problem in your life, and I'm the answer to both. Externally, the spirit, spiritual darkness and the world systems fight against you. They try to crush you. Internally, your own nature, my own nature, we're not strong enough to be able to withstand the pressure of what's coming against us from the outside. 
But Jesus said, I'm going to be the answer to both problems. I will live a perfect life. Then I will willingly die for your sins. And in doing so, I will defeat death, hell, and the grave. I will defeat sin. The external stuff, I will, I will destroy it. But I won't leave it there. I will then personally fill you and give you the strength to survive and thrive in a world that's trying to crush you. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for me. In fact, the apostle Paul expresses it this way. He said, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He says, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? What the apostle is saying right here, he's summarizing how the Holy Spirit fights for us. And then he wraps up this theological explanation by saying, if God is fighting for us on the inside, then is, is it even possible? In fact, he, he's saying it is not possible that anything on the outside can come against us and, and win. That because he's within us, and he's fighting for us from within, whatever is coming at us from the outside has already lost. What an incredible promise from God. And in closing today, I want to say that Jesus, both God and man, rose from the dead by his own power. And then he said, all the power that is in me can live in you. All the authority in me can be in you if you will allow me to live within you. He, he, he lets you be the boss of you. When my kids were small, they used to say that quite often. They would say, I'm the boss of me. And they never said it when they were talking to me or to their mother. They said it when they were talking to one with each other. I'm the boss of me. Well, God said, you can choose if you are going to allow me to fill your life or not allow me to fill your life. It's your choice, and it's your choice today. What will you choose? Will you, allow, will you choose to allow the, the presence of Almighty God to fill you from on the inside? And in doing so, allow your life to withstand the pressure in a way that you never could on your own. It's up to you. You choose to let Him in. And you can begin your faith journey or maybe you've, maybe you've been a believer, but you've walked away from Christ and, and you know it's time to begin your faith journey again. I want to give you an opportunity today to do exactly that. Would you pray with me? Would you make this the most incredible Easter ever by committing your life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and allowing him to fill your life with his life? You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. He will change everything in your world. And so I, I encourage you to pray with me right now. 
just right where you're at, bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I believe that you lived and that you died and that you rose again. I believe that you did that for me. And so today, I repent of all my sins. Anything I've done that has displeased you, I turn away from it right now. And I accept everything that is you. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day on, I am your child and you are my God. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower my life. And I give you thanks and praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer today for the first time or the first time in a long time, then I want to invite you to text the word SAVED, SAVED to 419-419-1565. That's 419-419-1565. And we're not together physically, but we can celebrate your decision with you. We want to celebrate your decision with you. So text us and let us know of the decision that you made. I'm so thankful for those over the last few weeks that have texted us to let us know that they've made this decision. And you are not by yourself today. If you have stepped into Christ, you're not by yourself. You are filled with the presence of Almighty God. (laughs) Is there a greater, greater Easter gift than that? The team sang, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, your life is filled. And you can stand the pressure. Because he is not outside of you. No, no. He lives within you. And the power within you allows you to survive and thrive no matter what comes against you. We're going to celebrate the risen king by singing one more song together. Let's worship the Lord. Allow him to work in your life. In Jesus' name, amen.